Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. As I said, we're talking about unprecedented miracles, not at all what I had planned. But I do want to just go back to last week for just a minute because we, we asked the question, does God hear our prayers? And uh, for those of you who were not here, we found out from the scripture that indeed he does. But I do want to look again at the way we concluded, which, which is 1 John 5. And in 1 John 5, it says the confidence we have in him is that if we ask anything according to his will, this is starting in verse 14, we know that he hears us. If we ask according to his will, how do you know what his will is? His word is his will. How do you know what his will is? Look at what Jesus did. If Jesus did it, he said, I've come to do your will. So anything Jesus did is the will of God. So what will you not know is the absolute will of God? Well, who you marry? There are guidelines in the scripture, like do not be unequally yoked. I remember one time uh, somebody had come for counsel and it was to me and to one of our elders. And she said God had told her to marry this man and he wasn't a believer and she was. And I'll never forget what the elder told her. It was pretty profound. Because the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because what do you have in common? I just paraphrased it. And he said, just know that if you marry an unbeliever, you're going to be carrying him the whole time. Because you're the Christian. And sure enough, that's what happened. So, but we, know, we can know the will of God. I mean, what job do you take? Well, you're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit. You have to pray about that. That's not an absolute in the word of God. But there are things, plenty of things that are absolutes. And anything Jesus did, behold, I have come to do your will. The Father and I are one. I only do what the Father does. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Everything Jesus did was the will of the Father. You can be assured of that. One hundred percent without wavering so the confidence we have before him is if we ask anything according to his will we know that he hears us and if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask we know with settled absolute confidence that it's already been granted even before you see it i know that if an irritant gets in an oyster i know it's going to become a pearl i know it will that's how they were created. So I just want to remind you of that. But <clears throat> we just ended up singing about the name. <clears throat> and I've really been studying again and again the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And so as we talk about unprecedented miracles today, just know this. Any unprecedented miracle is in the name of Jesus. And we can put our confidence in his name. It's not just a sideline on the end of a prayer. It's not just some little formula or some ritual. If that's how you pray, in Jesus' name. You know, there are a lot of people named Jesus still today. We're talking about the name above every name. 
And we have to honor his name. So I've been reading through, as I told you last week, the book of Acts. And I came to Acts 3. And verses 6 through 8 and 16, remember there was a man at the gate, beautiful, and he was lame. And he was begging, and he thought Peter and James were going to give him some alms, some money. And he stretched out his hand, and Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he took hold of the man's right hand with a firm grip. He raised him up, and it wants his feet and ankle bones. This man was crippled, became strong and steady. And leaping forth, he stood. I mean, this guy didn't just, oh, 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 no, 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 no. He leapt. This cripple, he leapt. And leaping forth, he stood and he began to walk. And he went into the temple with them and he was, here you go, walking and leaping and praising God. Well, I would too, wouldn't you? Would you care who's watching? I wouldn't. Because let me tell you something, whenever there's a miracle, there's a Pharisee. And the worst hands you can fall into, as my pastor says, are the hands of a Pharisee. And they're everywhere. They're the people that are going to try to just downgrade devalue the work of God, criticize it, call it bogus. And that's what happened. And Peter said in verse 16, and his name through and by faith in his name has made this man whom you see well and strong. The faith which is through and by Jesus has given this man perfect soundness of body before all of you. I pray this all the time. Father, I just thank you that faith in your name makes me well and strong. Faith in your name makes me well and strong. The faith in your name makes me well and strong. I'm getting ready to turn 70. I might as well be 20. The faith in your name makes me well and strong. Well, Pharisees got mad. So in Acts chapter 4, I'll just go, you know, I'll paraphrase most of this. Peter and John are talking and the high priest and military commander and the Sadducees come and they were vexed and indignant through and through because they were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid their hands on them and they arrested them, put them in prison. But when many who heard the message believed and relied on Jesus as the Christ, their number grew and came to about 5,000 in a day. (laughs) And they set the men in their midst and they repeatedly demanding by what sort of power, what kind of authority did you do this healing? And Peter was filled with and controlled with the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, rulers of the people, members of the Sanhedrin, if we're being being put on trial today and examined concerning the good deeds done to help this feeble, helpless cripple, by what means this man has been restored to health, let it be known and understood by all of you and by the whole house of Israel that in the name and through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified but God raised from the dead, By this man, he is standing here before you well and sound in body. Well, all that did was make them mad. Er. Acts 4, 16. And they said, well, what are we to do with these men? For that's an extraordinary miracle that has been performed through them. 
and we cannot deny it, but in order that it may not spread further, let us warn and forbid them with a stern threat. Are you ready? This is so cool. With a stern threat not to speak any more to anyone in this name or about this person. You know what? The devil's afraid of the name. When we sing about Jesus and evidence, we should be shouting his name. If you think I'm crazy, you're right. I am crazy about him. I am so crazy about him. So crazy about him. Verse 18, so they summoned them and they imperatively instructed them not to converse in any way or teach at all about the name of Jesus. Stupid. What stupid people. And now, Lord, Peter said, observe their threats and grant your bond servants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly. <laughs> so instead of shrinking, they grew bolder. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness and courage, Acts 5, 28. Let's get back to the Pharisees. We commanded and strictly charged you not to teach about the name. And yet you flooded Jerusalem with this. And Peter replied, we must obey God rather than men. And the God of our forefathers raised up Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. But God has highly exalted him to the right hand to be prince and leader and savior, deliverer and preserver in order to grant repentance to Israel and bestow forgiveness and release from sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. So convinced by him, they took his advice. They summoned the apostles. They flogged them. They beat them. And I love this sternly forbade them to speak in or about the name of Jesus and allowed them to go. And so they went out from the council of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame and be exposed to disgrace for the sake of his name. And guess what? They continued to pronounce and proclaim his name. Acts 30, excuse me, Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. God, awaken us to believe in your name. To believe in the name, to use the name with power, with authority, with joy, with gladness. When you speak the name, you know what? When you speak the name of Jesus because he is the word, you are throwing this whole book at him from Genesis to Revelation through the name. Because remember, Jesus is the word. My sister was diagnosed almost three years ago. Almost three years ago. Not quite, but almost three years ago. And for almost three years, because, and this is not a criticism at all, hear my heart, it is very difficult when you constantly have that the name of cancer thrown at you. When every report is about cancer. But I know a name that's higher than cancer. The name of Christ, the anointed one. 
And for almost three years, I heard the little C. And I hated it. I despised it. I despise it more today. But Jesus is the name above every name. And I cannot, only the people that have been there, people like Delinda and Bonnie, and we've all buried our, our sister, our little sister, mind you. Not even our big 110-year-old sister, our little sister. What was LaDonna in her 50s only? And Bonnie, how old was Lori? 62, and my sister was 64. Hey, that's still young. Even if you're 18, that's not old, people. You start calling me old when I'm in my 90s. And then I'm just starting. Because I will be young until the day I die at a very old age. And there was almost a sense of relief when she departed because I knew she was in the presence of the real sea, Jesus Christ. It's only if you've walked it do you know how hard it is to constantly have that name, that little name thrown in your face. And not, not by her, I'm not saying that. I understand the facts but you know what I understand more than the facts? The truth. His word is truth. On April 12th, which was only last week, I woke up. Had something totally different planned for today. But I, I was asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and I grabbed my phone to look at the time. I knew my alarm hadn't gone off. And I thought, oh. So I grabbed my phone to look at the time. And there's a, a, a prophetic site. And I've told you about it. Many of you subscribe to it. It's called Watchmen on the Wall. And this gentleman reads different prophetic words from all over the nation or all over the world, really. And I don't have time, you know, to be scrolling it and, and the whole time looking at all this. But, you know, I just ask the Holy Spirit, if there's something you want me to hear, show me. So I open my phone to look at the time and I see Watchmen on the Wall and it said unprecedented, unprecedented. Just like that. So I listen to it. And, but while I'm listening, at the moment I'm listening to it, Janice sends me that same word. Exactly. I said, I was just listening to that. And it just ignited a fire, a holy fire in me to believe God for the unprecedented miracles because that's what the word was about. The word unprecedented means something created, something produced by God, new or unheard of. That's what it means. Something created or produced by God that is new or unheard of. And so, I had two witnesses right there, and I began to write down what she said. And I'm going to read it to you. The Lord is about to do something new for you. Not something that's never been done before, but something that's never been done before for you. It's your time. It's your turn. There will be a testimony you can give. The Lord will be glorified through it. The Lord wants you to know it is for your sake so you will have greater confidence in his goodness 
in his faithfulness. It will be an only God kind of thing, an experience for you. He's going to do something unprecedented in your life. That was the word. I said, yes, Lord. And then I began to think about how it's all over the Bible. Now, I could give you dozens of testimonies of unprecedented miracles. But I just picked one. And it was the man that was, been, was born blind in John chapter 9. And remember what happened. Jesus heals him. And here comes the Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees? Those were the religious leaders. Now, we spent all fall talking about the tyranny of religion. Not Christianity, but a return to bondage. The things inherited by tradition, by the tradition of men that have nothing to do with the truth and reality of the word of God. And I have asked the Holy Spirit to rid me of all religious toxicity because it's deadly. It's deadly. Because you will begin to believe the reports of man over the counsels of the Lord. And it's a dangerous thing. And so the Pharisees got mad because, G, because the apostles, this wasn't even Jesus now, because Jesus had already ascended. He had given the apostles and his followers the same power, the authority. He had legitimatized them, delegated them to fulfill his works, just like he has done for us. And I've seen many, many reversals in impossible situations. And so Peter is defending what had happened. And this is what he said in verse 32 of chapter of John. No, excuse me. I'm back to the gate, beautiful. I said that totally wrong. Forget what I said. Jesus did this. I'm still thinking about the gate. Beautiful with Peter. This was actually Jesus who healed the man born blind. Okay, now, now I'm with him. So in verse 32, since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything like this. So the Pharisees are mad. They kept attacking him. Who healed you? Who did this? Who healed you? And the blind man goes, I already told you. It was the man. <laughs> and this is all I know. I once was blind, but now I see. I want you to see something. Jesus didn't go down the checklist. See, the Pharisees had already accused him. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Because the Pharisees are always ready to point out your sin. How many of you have ever had a bad report about you or your children? I mean, a report you didn't want to hear, a medical report. Raise your hand if you've ever had a bad report. Just almost everybody. And you know what one of the first lies that ever comes? What is that first lie you hear? What did I do wrong? Well, number one, if you did, you'll know it. If something you did, such as caring unforgiveness, nursing unforgiveness, unforgiveness will block your prayers every time Jesus said so. When you pray, forgive. But did you ever consider you're doing something right? 
I mean, the Bible says princes afflicted me without cause. You know, the devil just likes to get people out of the way. I've had a couple of attacks on my life. I mean, he wants me out of the way. Too bad. So sad for him. And so they didn't want to accept that it was the power of God that had healed and delivered this blind man, that Jesus had delivered this blind man. They wanted to blame it on sin, that he was blind. Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents have sinned, but that the works of God may be made manifest. And you know what's interesting? I mean, since the man didn't even know it was Jesus, it's not like he was following him. <laughs> Jesus didn't take his red pen, point out everything he'd done wrong, get into agreement with the accuser or the brethren, condemn him, tell him he had to say, you know, 20 Hail Marys and 50 Our Fathers, on whatever else. Read every book in the Bible 10 times a day. You know why? Because see, that's paying for your sin. Jesus already did that. And then he said, Tetelestai, it is finished. That was a legal term in a court of law. Rendering a verdict not guilty. So if the devil ever asks you, what do you plead? Just say not guilty. Because we're in a season now where it's going to be new for you, something that's never happened before for you. It's your turn, it's your time, and I am taking that. Isaiah 40, 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to the heart of Jerusalem and cry to her that her time of warfare has ended. Isaiah 42, 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song. Didn't you hear this morning over and over and over the new? Yeah. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Goodbye, shame. Goodbye, fear. Goodbye, ev goodbye everything that's under the curse. Hello to the blessing, the goodness of God. And I think I've said this every week, and I'm going to go back as soon as I can figure out how to find it and watch the shack again. Delinda, will you come over and pull that up for me? Because you know I don't know how to do it. You did? On your own? Yes. Since when? That's all right. See, you were trying to lie. It was Olivia. You're trying to lie. <laughs> but that whole, the whole scene, okay, who was it? Was it the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit that where he asked, why don't I believe? And the reply was, you don't really believe that God is good. Do you remember? It was the Father. You don't believe I love you. And honestly, that's just the root of all fear is really not believing God loves you. First John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out fear. When we know and believe the love God cherishes for us, all fear will be gone. And so if you don't do anything else, meditate on every scripture on the love of God, that he loves us with an everlasting love. Or the prayer of Jesus in John 17, that he loves us, the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That's pretty profound. 
Isaiah 42, did I already do verse 10? Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, do not remember former things nor consider things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. New things have come. Revelation 21, 5, and he who is seated on the throne said, see, I make all things new. Right, for these things are faithful and true. And this is what I love. Ephesians 4, through 24. Strip yourselves of your former nature. Put it off and discard it. How do you do it? Just like you take off your coat. Oh, I can't do that. My microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Just like you take off your clothes. Just by faith, you strip off that old nature. When all those old things, the temper, the impatience, the depression, whatever. No, 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 no. I'm not wearing you today. Rejection. I'm not wearing you. You're not my coat. Insecurity. Oh, no. Nope. I've stripped you off. Talk to it. Talk to it. These are spiritual forces. You got to talk to it. You cannot control your thoughts with your thoughts. You control your thoughts with your words. Try it. You'll see. Next time you have things to sell in your mind, start speaking. Say no. Verse 23, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, created in God's image, in righteousness and holiness. I've told you many times, I'm going to tell you again for those who've never heard it. I was a young woman. I was pregnant with Kelly, 22 years old. I was sitting in, in church in a Bible study. And I was so tormented with the old. I didn't know how to put on the new yet. I was only 22. I was a brand new believer. I got saved when I was 20. But you know, it takes time to grow. It's not an automatic fix. Don't confuse the gifts of God with character. Character takes time. Gifts are given, but your character grows. The fruit is grown. And so... I was tormented and I, you know, I didn't know how to not listen to the accuser of the brethren and I didn't know how to renounce condemnation. I didn't know that if any, that, that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I didn't know that the law of the spirit of life had set me free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 2. I didn't know that. I'm sitting in church and I'm struggling in my mind and I'm just crying out to Jesus, help me, help me, help me. And all of a sudden, this lady whom I, I've never seen in my life, never seen her again, have no idea who it was. She looks over at me and now I know it was the power of the Holy Spirit. She says these words to me. Did you know you can pray for the healing of your memories? And I said, what? She said, you can pray for the healing of your memories. Ephesians 4, 23 constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental attitude. And at that moment, I received freedom at that moment. And you can too. You can today. It's time to put on the new. Now, I told you earlier, this is called The Cloud is Lifting, and it's by Jojo Dawson. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a few lines. I believe this is the season where many in the body of Christ are going to experience an incredible breakthrough. The cloud the enemy has tried to place around you, your family, your kingdom assignments, is dissipating and will soon be completely gone. Many have been through a season of intense warfare. 
The enemy has had a cloud of confusion, delay, and opposition around you. However, that cloud has and will continue to lift. No longer waste your time playing defense against the enemy where he has thrown obstacle after obstacle your way because the Lord is about to break through for you. In this season, you will be able to accelerate into your purpose like never before. The witchcraft that came against you is broken in the name of Jesus. And now is your time to move forward with everything the Lord has placed in your heart to do. I believe in this season, you'll be able to put you both hands to build whatever God is calling you to do without the same warfare that held you back before. There is a refreshing coming from the Lord. It will reinvigorate you and strengthen you for the path ahead. It's a new season, my friends, and you need to step into it today by faith. That long, difficult season of warfare is over, and this is your time. Now, how is it in one day I'm reading prophetic words and Bible words saying it's your time, it's your season, it's your time, it's your season. I don't think that's a coincidence. You are free to carry on with your life and with the assignments God has given you to do. The cloud has lifted and you will soon have greater clarity and vision from the Lord that you've ever had before. Get ready to accelerate in every area of your life with the Lord in this season. This is your time. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should feel repentance. Has he not said and shall he not do it? Or has he not spoken and shall he not make it good? Yes, he shall. I'm going to close with Psalm 40, 1 through 5, and this is from the Passion. And it is so good. I waited, and I waited, and I waited some more. How many of you have waited, and have waited, and I've waited some more? Patiently knowing God would come through for me. Then at last, he bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. And now he's lifted me up into a firm and secure place. He has steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. A new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone who hears it hears that God has set me free. Many will see his miracles They'll stand in awe of God, and they will fall in love with him. Blessing after blessing will come to those who love and trust the Lord. They will not fall away, for they refuse to listen to the lies of the proud. O Lord our God, no one can compare with you. Such wonderful works and miracles are all found with you. And you think of us all the time with your countless expressions of love, far exceeding our expectations. Okay, I said that was the last. It's not. I'm going to share with you the scripture I'm hearing over and over and over again. I promise we're done. Lord, I exalt you. This is Psalm 30. And I lift you on high, for you have lifted me on high. Over all my boasting, gloating enemies, you made me to triumph. O Lord, my healing God, I cried out to you for a miracle, and you healed me. You brought me back from the brink of death and from the depths below. And now here I am alive and well and fully restored.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God is doing a new thing. There will be unprecedented miracles. The cloud is lifting. It's all done in the name. Keep the name before you. If you don't know how to pray, just say Jesus. If you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. If things are a cell in your mind and that cloud is still there, just say Jesus. By faith in his name, the Lord will give you the soundness of mind and body that you need. The name. So, Lord, I speak the name of Jesus over every person in my hearing. The name of Jesus. We honor your name. We exalt your name. We hold the name against the enemy, the power of the blood to overcome the word, the name, the blood. Hallelujah. By faith in your name, we are well and we are strong. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.